Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Untamed Life. It's Christine, and today I have a special, special guest. I just love, 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 love this woman, and I met her recently at a live event at a, at the Wealth, was it the Wealth Habits Summit? I don't even remember. What I was. Yes, it was. It was. Okay. But I want to say to all of you listening that sometimes we go somewhere and we think we're there for one reason, but really you're there for something completely different. And I just want to say that I thought I was going to a wealth conference, but I was really going to meet this woman and a couple other beautiful, beautiful women for a divine appointment. So I am so glad to have Dr. Jennifer Blossom on the show today. Christine, thank you so much for having me. It was, it was totally a divine appointment and I am just so grateful for that, for that. And so grateful to be here with you. So thank you. Yay. I'm so excited. So here's what we discovered. Jen Blossom, Dr. Jen Blossom is a board certified occupational therapist. She's also a peak performance coach. I think we're both certified high performance coaches, right? Is that, that's what we discovered. I guess I'm not like officially certified like you, but that is oh, the, that is the we're peak before. Anyways, we're all yes. in the world, right? Um, yes. But she is all about neuroscience and leaderships to stay mentally sharp on top of your game emotionally resilient. She's a master when it comes to overwhelm, dissolving overwhelm. And she's also the creator of neuro five X, which I love this name. And what is that? I want you to tell us what that is about. There's a lot more things I could go on and on and on. She's got all this beautiful stuff. She's been all kinds of all TV shows. She's got an amazing podcast called the Dr. Jennifer Blossom show. And we're going to tell you all about that, but I want to hear from you. Tell us a little bit about you, your, your magic neuro five X, like what's going on in your world, all the things. And I feel like we have connected so deeply in a sense of our, our passion and our love for understanding who we are. And so if I were to back up into my story, um, years and years ago, so I was born and raised in Alaska, small town, Alaska, um, typical childhood, all the things, um, went off to college and began to struggle with, uh, anxiety disorders, panic disorders, Mm. disorders, Mm. all these things Mm. of just like anxiousness and, um, dysregulation and discord in so many fields. And so it really spiraled down for about 10 years to the point where I was laying on the floor thinking I was having a heart attack, but mm. really it was a massive panic attack. I had 911 mm. dialed on my phone and wow. couldn't hit send. Cause I was so embarrassed because I was 20, 21, maybe, um, healthy young adults and was too embarrassed of what the firefighters would think of me on the floor, having a heart attack that I was like, well, here I go. Thankfully I didn't have a heart attack, but that was the start of it. That was the start of 
letting my mind and my emotions completely wrap me up without having tools. And so it led me into the space of understanding that and just diving full force into how we can get ahead and, and really like in front of our thoughts, our emotions, our mindset, how we can use the power of neuroplasticity to truly rewire our thinking. And then combining that with similar to what your work is, this, this energy and this intuitiveness and this, the yeah. power of, of God and like all these things has created the space where we're able to transform from being mentally stressed out to mentally strong. And we're able to create the, that diversity and can create yes. that in our own souls. It has this powerful ripple effect, not only in our own lives, but to our kids, to our homes, to our communities, to our, our States, our country. Yeah. It's just, it's, the huge, right? I yes. like, yeah. And I love what you said. Like it's, it's that mental body of ours that we get so hijacked and so consumed with, and that we forget, like we're so much more than that. Right. And, and, uh, gosh, I talked to so many women and men that are just engulfed, like they're just drowning in anxiety and overwhelm. And I'm so, I didn't know that about the panic attack thing. So I want to jump right there just for a second, because I think there's a lot of people who have felt like, oh my gosh, I'm having a heart attack, or there's this constant, you know, like pressure in their chest and stuff like that. Like, what do you say to someone that's like, no, I just, this is just how I am. Like, I just. I just have, and I hear this a lot. That's why I'm bringing it up. It's like, no, I just have this disorder. I have this, this is how I am. I'm just a very anxious personality. And you know, what do you say? Cause I think like, also it's very real, but also we get attached to these labels. And I'd love for you to talk about a little bit of that, like the labels that we really bring yes. on and how do we navigate that awareness of like, okay, this is a thing that's coming up for me. Yeah. It doesn't have to become me. Right. And that's the whole, that's the, that's the struggle, right? Is we have these labels that we have given ourselves or we've gotten from a medical diagnosis or, or someone's spoken that over us or what, whatever it may be. And then they become us, they become our identity. We create these narratives and these stories around this, this label of us. And it really starts to take over and take root in our lives. And we feed that part of our brain. And so for me, it was it was totally that it was identifying with, this is who I was becoming. I was having yes. more anxiety attacks because I couldn't drive. Like my mom had to drive me for 12 weeks straight for three wow. and a half hours to Anchorage and freaking snowstorms. I couldn't drive because I was so afraid of having anxiety tracks. I mean, it attacks, yeah. it crippled. took over. It took, it took over, over your life. Mm. It, I was afraid to have like give birth to my, my oldest. I got control over, over my youngest because I was afraid of dying and labor. I mean, so irrational. It was like irrational Irrational. fear. It was catastrophic, irrational fear. And it it started from the label of anxiety and that's how out of control it got Mm -hmm. out of. So for, for everyone today to like back up to your question, whenever we have a a, a label given to us or one that we give to ourselves, um, what are we making that label mean? Right. Mm -hmm. this label, but it's the thought about that label. So really, really looking at that and what's the emotion behind that. So for me, it was a lot of fear and it was a lot of judgment and shame and guilt around. I shouldn't struggle with these things. I'm in grad school and I'm getting my doctorate. I'm totally fine. But it was the silent suffer. And that's where I think so many people get stuck is we are suffering in silence. We have no idea how to make meaning of this. 
So it really is, what do we want to make this mean about ours, ourselves? And what do we want to do about it? And coming to a place of excess acceptance and curiosity, not that we got to accept yes. like our judgmental label, but like, yeah, I right. struggle with this. And what do I choose to mean about this? What do I choose to do about this? And that's where we can dif- differentiate. What happens at a subconscious level when someone is, and maybe you already answered that, but you know, is that that's awareness, right? You're like, okay, that's awareness. We're already like aware of the label, but what happens at a subconscious level when we are getting sort of these constant labels on us from, cause we get them from a young age too. Yeah. Like you're the smart one, you're the entrepreneurial one, you're the, this one. Right. And we just, I talk a lot about identity work and I just find it so fascinating. Like what happens, you know, at a subconscious question. level? And for me, the, the instant answer that comes to my mind is almost like a visual. So I feel like we make all of these, this is not scientific at all, but this is like, <laughs> my, my, this is like my interpretation of this is yeah. I feel like we get all of these deposits of this just substance in like really buried deep into our subconscious. And then after years of that, and after years of hearing that, believing that, identifying with that, it gets thicker and thicker and thicker. And those neural grooves get deeper and deeper and deeper. And all of a sudden we've got this huge, like load of crap, like in blocking us. Yes. And so it's yes. like, how do we start to reverse engineer that tap into the power of neuroplasticity, the power of like releasing all of that junk little yeah. by little by little clearing that gunk out. I just feel like it starts to clog us up like a drain without Drano. Is that even a thing? <laughs> People use Drano. I don't even know. People use Drano and that works. The Drano works. But as you're talking about, you know, cause I, I, I love it. And I, I totally agree with everything you said. And also that thickness, those, those thick myelin, like, you know, the, the myelin sheets that keep getting like thickened over those neural pathways as you're going in. That's where I believe too, like it's, it becomes like an entity almost like that takes over you. You're like now in an agreement with this thing. Right. And it's now it's got so much power over you. And I think that like, to me coming from like the spiritual end, it seems like, wow, isn't that interesting that we start with entertaining these things in our mind but they become like their own life force, you know, yes. that, that we're kind of in this wrestling match with. Wrestling. And I just, I think like that's important. Yeah. To bring up, but I love that. So, so then your journey was you, you had this awareness and like, so, so where did you start? Like what, what was the beginning stages of this? Well, like, what I does probably, that look like? I probably could have saved myself 15 years, if I would have gotten a therapist or a life coach or someone like Christine Jewell in my life, (laughs) but honestly, I had no idea where to start. Right. It's like this stuff, no one talks about this until like, or they just give you pills or something. I don't know. Right. I was on anti-anxiety medicine for 10 years. Like had no idea. No one in my sphere had these conversations that we're having. So I, I dove full force into this work by myself. I listened to every podcast I could find books. I read books. I, I did the work because I committed to, I did not want to stay in this space. Like I was committed to figuring out how to get through this and not stuff, not repressed, not suppressed, but truly Mm. you got to feel it. You got to feel it. You got to feel it. Like if you want to heal things, you have to feel it and walk straight through that crap. And I did, and I did it with so much judgment and looking back, I'm like, I could have done that with compassion and I didn't. And I judged and I fought the whole way through. Yes. So Mm. in able to like really heal through things, you got to feel them. And if I can encourage our audience to do so with compassion 
And instead of this critique and to walk through that and to get your support through that, there is so much healing and breakthrough on the other side because we're all attached to it. Like you said, like we, we entertain the idea. It begins to take up mental real estate. And then it, we we have two choices. Like we can continue to wrestle with it and build, the, you know, build that, or we can choose to, you can't go around it. Like you got to go through it when you, you go, gotta through, go through it. it. You, you I'm get so the glad that you brought that up about the being like going through this process with radical grace and compassion. Cause I do believe like that is the thing that we're really disconnected yes. from. Yes. You know, it's like, wow, didn't, did we, we don't learn that. We don't learn a lot of that growing up. And I want to tap into, you know, that whole, like, we got to feel it to heal it again. It sounds so cute and it's so true, but when you're actually in the process, like it's it's a lot of work, like it's a lot of inner work though. Right. So, and I want to go back to what you said about this stuffing, the, the suppressing of emotions and what happens when we start you know, kind of locking things up and stuffing them in the closet. And cause a lot of us are trained to do this. It's like, suck it up, buttercup. Let's go. You got shit to do. Like, yeah. you know, we're racing against time. We just did that episode on your podcast. I talked about time. So if you guys want to listen to that, you can hop over <laughs> to Jen's show and listen to that, but we're just stuffing and stuffing and stuffing and suppressing and not dealing with. And like, what are the, like, where does that go? Like ultimately, like what, what, what does that turn into? Yeah. It eats away at your soul and it eventually is going to implode or manifest in other forms. So what, I mean, and there's no rule book for what it's going to look like for all of us. Right. Cause we're all yeah. stuffing different things. We're stuffing different ways. If you don't have those tools, um, that's what we do, or we repress it or we ignore it. And we think that by stuffing it down, it's going to keep it from ex- exploding, but that's, it's going to manifest in different ways, whether it's physical symptoms, emotional symptoms, spiritual symptoms, it's going to harden our soul and our body. And that's why, like when we can step into, there's this brand new book that you guys have to get is called, have you read this book, Christine? It's freaking changed my life. It's called letting go. The path. Oh my of- gosh. I love David Hawkins. Have I you read, read that book? Pa- I- Power versus force is one of my favorites. I use it all the time in coaching. Oh. And actually, letting go, amazing. You guys, yes, I doubled down. Oh. High five. Mark and I were just driving back from um from North Carolina up to Toronto. And I'm like, let's listen to it again. This audiobook. It's amazing. Okay, it's, talk um, about that. So, okay, so my <laughs> husband and I, so it's letting go the pathway of surrender, which actually one of my girlfriends, we were at a retreat in Hawaii a couple of weeks ago, and she was like, This book changed my life. I was like, yes. me now. And so my husband and I started reading it together and it has rocked our world because he was a stuffer. He -hmm. was a stuffer. I was a silent stuffer. And the act of surrendering is like slowly letting the lid off of an instant pot without all the pressure all at once. Yes. And like, so when, when we suppress it, it is going to explode somewhere, somehow, or it will explode over time. And so when we can get into this act of surrender, daily surrender, it starts to chip away at whatever it is that was stuffed. And that has been life-changing for us. I, I could not agree more. I absolutely love, and his work is amazing, by the way, you guys listening, like power versus force. Have you read that? No, I didn't know about it. Amazing. He, he talks a lot about the different frequencies of each emotion when he has the emotional frequency chart and how we actually move through one to the next and the, the creative emotions 
that are actually life-giving and all the destructive ones and how, how many of us are still living in that place of so much shame, shaming ourselves for feeling a certain way and guilt and judging ourselves. And it's, it's really beautiful. So um, I'm so glad that you brought that up. Of course, of course, of course. You know, we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> of course you've read this of book. Course. You <laughs> I just think it's so funny that you're like, yeah, he was a stuffer and I was a silent stuffer. I've never heard the word silent stuffer, but I hear avoidance a lot and I see this avoidance, you know, tactics a lot, um, maybe because we don't want to feel or deal with what the totally. fear of what's going to come up. Right. So I want to talk a little bit about emotional resilience. Cause I know that's like a big thing for you too. Right. And I know that that is, um, probably like, that's probably what neuro five X is a lot about, right? Yeah. Like, it's just like, what does that even mean to you? When we right? look like, at that word, what is emotional resilience? Like what is emotional resilience? <laughs> me, I'm like, I should probably change that to me. Emotional okay. resiliency is being able to feel any emotion. I think Caroline leaf was the one who said, you got to feel it to heal it or something along those lines. But like when I started to tap into the, like that emotional work, the emotional work part of it, it's not being afraid of any emotion. It's being able to understand like that faith in my, in myself and in God of like, I can handle any emotion. I don't have to run from emotions yes. and emotions don't control me. And it's okay to have the ebb and flow of different emotions. And the goal in life is not to always feel good. And I think that's a big misconception too. Yes. Let's right? talk about that. Cause that's let's. a huge one. Like this toxic positivity or this need for always to be happy and freaking out when someone's sad in our atmosphere, like our kids are sad. Yes. Oh my God, let's, there's something yes. wrong with you for being sad. Like, let me fix you. And I think right. that like, the damage of that long-term is. Because we run from it. We, we run from feelings of sadness or grief. Like if some, if this is a intense example, but if like, if I'm at a funeral, like, I don't want to feel happy. I want to feel the full emotion of sadness and grief and, and happiness that there could be some, I don't know. So, you know, in heaven, but like Mm -hmm. having the array of emotions to feel and to process and to be an emotionally responsible adult, and yes. control of my emotions and to not let other people's emotions control me or affect me. Like that is true emotional resilience. That is. Yeah. I think that's how I interpret which, it. Which is a healthy relational dynamic at the end right. of the day, right? Because otherwise right. we get into these like codependent loops and yes, anxious, exactly. anxious attachments and stuff like that. So I love that term, that emotional resilience, being able to feel all the feels, all the feels, all the feels. Yes. And as the feels like, you know, for your your listeners too, like we are the go-getters, like we are hungry, we are ambitious. And it's like, and we're always supposed to feel good, but we're not, I mean, I don't know, like, are we, I don't think we are like, what, like, what are your thoughts on that? Like this misconception of like, you know, Oh (sighs) yeah. I remember being probably like, I had such a, I grew up in a household where like my father was so cynical. He was an alcoholic. He was just constantly like angry at the world, right? Just a lot of anger. And so I was like, hell bent. Like I am not going to be like my father. And I think a lot of us are like that, right? Like I will not be the negative one. I can't be negative. You got to be positive. You got to be positive. And I remember going for an interview at at Disney and they're like, what is your best trait? And I'm like, I'm miss optimistic. And here's the thing that I noticed in my own life. And I'd love to hear your story around this is that that was true for me, but I had zero tolerance for anyone who was negative, suffering, needed help. Like I did not have any compassion for anyone because I was like, I'm not having it in my circle. And so I rejected like half of me. 
all the parts of me, like I didn't allow myself to feel sad. I didn't allow myself to have one negative thought, one worry. It was just like, push through this. What's the lesson right now? Like, what's the lesson? And that, you know, that was a survival mechanism, obviously in the beginning, but it became really toxic for me later in the sense that it really disconnected me and robbed me of like, Mm. you know, grieving when I needed to grieve and feeling. So it's, it was an interesting dynamic because not only did it rob me of like, you know, being connected to myself, but I also became very judgmental of everyone else around me. Look, I'm just going to raise my hand. I was like, I'm this positive and everyone else just cannot handle my high vibe, you know? And I was just like this. I mean, I don't even know, but okay. I want to hear your, I want to hear like your take on this. So I didn't even put this take together until you just shared that. And I'm like, holy cow. I had the, I had literally the exact same experience of this is my vibe. Almost like this, like I am, I am higher and on this like higher pedestal because I'm so positive and I'm going to avoid, I'm going to avoid all of your negative crap. But in reality, it wasn't crap. I just, I chose to avoid and to reject that because it was an uncomfortable emotion for me. And I didn't like that in my own life. And so I just realized that like, after you said that, I was like, wow, I did the exact same thing. And I rejected those people and I rejected that part of me. Yes. And now after going through all this work, it's like, because we're able to feel the deep feels both the hard feels and the, in the high feels we can connect and have empathy so much stronger with other people. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, I get this question a lot from listeners, people I coach, I'm sure you get it too. Like, cause this really answers the question too. Like, what do you do when you're the one doing all the work and you're doing all the, you know, the personal development and all the personal growth. And then you're like looking at your husband and you know, he's just still the negative one or your mom's coming over and she's still complaining about the things she was complaining about 20 years ago. Like, how do you handle like these difficult people? I think you kind of answered it, but do you have anything else to add to that? Cause I think that's a real life problem. Totally. You know, reality for a lot of even thinking to that event that we were at and all those women in the room were all excited and they're going to go back and be like, you know, who knows what they're going home to. Right. So that's such a great question. And uh, the reality of my life was that was my hub- husband and that was me. Yeah. And I was miss, miss positive, miss driven, miss, Thank let me you. fill my tank with so much self-help. And he is going to watch ESPN, ESPN and like not even make eye contact me while the Lakers are playing. And I'm like, yeah. what am I doing now? <laughs> like, it just, yeah, 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 yeah. And so we had to have our moment of like communication breakdown of like hit our rock bottom moment in marriage, like six months ago, November uh, to have this like wake up breakthrough to get on the same plane. But there are people in my life who, who, who are not on the same plane with, and there's even like, we're all human, right? So there's days where my husband and I aren't on the same plane. Like I could be low. He could be high. He could be low. I could be high. So it's having that emotional awareness first, um, trying to have those proactive communications to get closer into plane to have the boundaries if needed, but also to drop the judgment and to just let people be who they're going to be. And Amen, when I stopped sister. trying to force like manuals on people because they weren't acting how I thought they should act or didn't have the same energy. We have a lot of people that come visit us in our, in our home now, cause we don't live near family. And when certain family comes and I'm like, this energy is off. It is like using all the tools and also extending that grace because I can't fix their energy and I can't let it implode on me. So it's like all of those hodgepodge is my toolkit. 
I love that. I yeah. love that because otherwise we're terrified. And I always yeah. say like, we can always be blissed out if you're always in bliss or on a yoga class. It's like the person who's like all done down in the yoga class and then they get in the car and they hit traffic and they're like honking the horn and I yes. can't handle it. It's like, what yes. are we doing this work for? What are we doing this work yes. for? If it's not, we're not going to pull out the tools. And when are we going to pull out the tools? Yes. When we're being stretched, when we're being challenged. So um, I love that. And I love that the thing that you said about the manual. When I stopped having the manual of how I thought they needed to be and operate. And isn't that funny? Like, I think how many of you listening right now are standing there with a manual over your children, over your husband, wow. over yourself? Like yes. every time you miss a step, you're just like, you got the whip, right? So just yes. a lot of grace, a lot of compassion. Yes. So um, as we start to wrap, like, okay, somebody's super anxious. They're overwhelmed all the time. They're just like, I am drowning. I'm drowning. <laughs> yeah. I cannot even come up for air. Like, hello, what? What's step number one in your world? You know, I, I always go back to like old faithful. It's not a sexy answer, but we have to get like all of those freaking thoughts out of our head because the thoughts elicit the emotions, which elicit the actions and behavior and like in our life. And so if we've got a million thoughts swirling around and we have no idea of what's causing us anxiousness or overwhelm or this or that, or we may, we might have one idea, but there's like 50 ideas attached to that. So we got to get all of this junk out of your mind and onto a paper okay. and, or into your journal or whatever it is. If you can do it at your house. Awesome. If you can get like go somewhere, go to a coffee shop, go outside for a walk, just get out of your normal routine and start brain dumping all of the stuff that's swirling around in your head, get it out on paper. When we can see it on paper, then we can try to figure out, okay, like what is my next step from here? What yes. thoughts do I need to start working yes. on, you know, processing through what just, that's how we begin to be proactive. in this is we get all this junk out of our mind onto paper. And from there we can sort out the yarn ball of like, okay, here's a thought, 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 and start to do our work there. Are also just going to stay swirling in our mind yeah. and we spin in that thought and those feelings yeah. and everything over and over and over and over again. Yeah. So it's the brain dump and you know, all that stuff out and then figuring out like, what is what most, yeah. What, what's most pressing? Yeah. What am I doing? Like, what do I want to go from here? But you got to get it out first to see it. Yeah. I love it. As you were talking, I had the visual of like the overstuffed closet of like all the yes. clothes and you've got clothes from like when you were in high school and they're like shoved in the back of the closet and then you've got yes. like bins down below and like things are yes. starting to like not smell good anymore, you know, maybe. And it's just like, it's overstuffed or like the basement you're afraid yes. to go in. Cause you've got all this crap in there and it's, yes. it's terrifying. Like you're in this terrified moment. Every time you open the door, or even think about opening the door, yes. but then you're like, I'm just going to have that one day where I just like we are just going to take everything out yes. and we're going to decide what gets back in and everything else is going to go in the dumpster. I literally just had a dumpster dropped on my driveway today. Yes. So I'm very much in purging mode. Yes. And that's, that's the mind, right? Like we're purging yeah. the mind. It's a, it's a huge ass deep clean of your mind. And then we learn all these tools, blah, blah, blah. And then we work into like a daily maintenance mode. So we got to do our deep clean first. And then we have our maintenance and then like deep cleans come throughout our life, but like, that's where we start. Like we got to get a daily all that cleanse. crap out. Yes. Yeah. We need yes. a daily cleanse. I love that. And I love that you said old faithful, because I think we're always looking for like, what's the new shiny solution? Like what, uh, there must be something new, but we don't go back and do the foundations. We don't do the things that truly they're so simple that we don't want to do them. Yeah. You know, it's right. like, gosh. it's not sexy. 
They're not sexy. I know that you said that, right? They're not sexy. Okay. So what are you really excited about right now, this season of your life? What are you passionate about? What are you working on? I'll just share this work. This work, this work yeah. has been lighting my soul up for years. Uh, well, I guess like the last like two, three years and to do this work specifically in the realm of high achievers, yeah. this niche or niche or whatever we say for that is so special to my heart. Cause number one, it, it, was me. It is me, but also we have these added pressures of hiding this because we're not supposed to feel this way because we have all the things we look, all the parts and we have this silent suffer going on. And when I stepped into this work and we've broken down these walls, it has just been transformational for all of these women organizations. It is the most important, impactful work I've ever done in my life. And that it's like, we're just getting started. It's just, just we're just getting started. Y'all, are you listening to the excitement in her voice? Like, this is what's fun. This is honestly what I think is so fun is when we, when we, we don't really find the thing, it finds us. And I, I, I do hope that you, you guys are taking this away from this is like, as Jen shared her stories and I shared my stories. It's like the struggles we went through earlier on were the things that were preparing us for the work we're doing today. And those are the struggles that you're going through right now are preparing you for what God is bringing into your life, the people he's calling you to serve. And when you get it and you acknowledge it and you stop hiding it, like, man, the work is so fulfilling. And I love how excited you are. I love how excited I am. And it's no coincidence that we also had this divine moment at that live event in Arizona, you coming from out West, me coming from here. And we collided because we are in this passionate, fulfilling place. Our energy was connected. Like, and this, I just want to say that, that like, this is the powerful stuff. This is the fun stuff. Like this, this is where we want to play more of. And we want to invite more of you guys into this space to play with us in the space of the place that lights you soul up and, and allows you to use your past, your gifts, that like the treasures of the past to really like create more healing and more opportunities for people. And, and when you get things in alignment, it really is like, it's just all play for us. <laughs> it is. It is all play and purposeful. And that's and like, purposeful. it's just like, oh, so seeing other women get it and be here. And like, we all get to be those vehicles. We all get to be those vocal. I love it. All right. So how can people connect with you? What is the best way to connect with you and um, get into your world? Well, thank you. Well, now you and I are like soul sisters. So we're never- <laughs> we'll probably do a live event together. Yes. Okay. We'll probably do some sort of like collab. Yes. Um, yes. for sure. I feel that yes. that's, that's definitely on the horizon for, for sure. For sure. For sure. So, uh, podcast world. So the Dr. Jennifer Blossom's show, and then over on Instagram is our main hub. So at Dr. Jennifer Blossom, and you'll find all of our stuff, website, all that, all the, that jazz over there. Awesome. Well, I just love you. I love you as a woman. I love the work. I'm just so grateful that our souls intersected and let's just keep making this wild ripple effect across the globe. <sighs> I am for it, girl. I am for it. All right, guys. Until next time, thank you for being here. Thanks for tuning in. As always, if you enjoy the show, share it with a friend right now. Pass it on. Leave us a review. Until next time, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. 
Until next time, warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.